Hey, 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 everybody. Happy Friday here from Hoops and Cards. Gary, excited to launch this episode with you and some of my favorite podcast guys, Pack to the Future. I've been listening to them for a while, and uh, just a reminder of how much fun this hobby, this passion, this sport can be of sports cards, basketball cards, and I love their theme. If you've listened to their episodes, their theme music, their attitudes, their craziness, their stories, their chemistry, I think there is just something about uh, having friends and enjoying life in the hobby. Whether your collection is where you want it to be or not, your investments are up or down, like the fact that uh, a lot of us are finding a sense of connectedness, friendship, just uh, where everybody knows your name, whether it's locally with your card shop your shows, your dealers, your locals, or whether it's like online with some of you guys, like we, we've talked off, you know, in, in direct messages or on the phone, some of you guys, this has uh, just been an awesome opportunity, hoops and cards to become friends, to build community. And so let's have some fun with the guys from Pack to the Future. Back to the future, guys. Chad, Ricky, Tim, so glad to have you guys with us here at Hoops and Cards, man. Hey, thanks for having yeah, us. thanks for having us. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I know you're on a different time zone, so thanks for being patient, waiting up here and uh, us getting together. But, guys, I have a blast listening to you. I love. I would love to hear, like, how did this whole thing happen? Because Pack to the Future, you three guys, it's, it's taken on a life of its own. But maybe you guys could, whoever wants to go first, introduce yourselves and say, like, how did you get here? Yeah, so I'll start uh, Ricky with uh, yeah, yeah. with Back to the Future, and uh, Chad and I talked about this for a very long time. And Chad knew I was always a big fan of talk radio um, to the point that I would drive him nuts whenever we hung out. About that is favorite. factually correct. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can tell so, by your microphone you love you love the radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I love right talk radio. I've wanted to, you know, if I wasn't uh, in my current job, I'd like to think that this is where I'd be uh, in my dream job. But um, so Chad uh, convinced me and I said, yeah, and then did nothing about it for about six months. Um, we, we, as you probably have experienced, Gary, it is really difficult to get this spaceship off the ground. <laughs> Once you know how to get it off the ground, it's workable, but getting it up and running is very tricky and tedious. And we went to classes for it, uh, took notes and uh, Chad really kind of drove it, drove the, drove us the direct, this direction. And with sports cards and the hobby we're three, uh, three friends at the time, it was just Chad and I um, collecting together. I, I mean, and we collected with Tim at the time, but uh, Chad and I started uh, the show together initially and, and brought Tim in along uh, the way. Chad, do you have anything you want? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you know this, but when you were dragging your feet, I was ready to leave you. So Tim and I went to breakfast one morning. Tim, do you remember this? Like we went out and we put out all these little notes of what we were going to have on the podcast, like no swearing and what we were going to talk about. And that really, Ricky, is what drove you to say, uh-oh, like he's going to leave me behind. <laughs> so that that's kind of got, got the whole thing going. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Oh. So Tim, at what point were you in on this? Like, were you ready to jump in right away or you want to uh, hold out for more money or what? Tim's muted. This is oh, so is This is you so idiot, he does this all the you time. Big idiot. This wow. is one shot. Tim, we're on, uh, like, he's, Gary has invited us onto a show, man. Uh, oh my this goodness, is not stage. So we're not on YouTube yet, dude. Come on. This is not stage. Oh, my God. Uh, no, I get, like, so embarrassed about the sounds in the background because I live up a little bit higher, and I'm by this, like, road where uh, people just kind of gun it past me. So I was trying to be polite, and there I did it again. So that's, like, oh, you're uh, good. Once, you're good. On average, Please once do not in edit a, that at all in your show. <laughs> Those are the best <laughs> moments, right? 
Um, no, uh, so it's not all about the money for me. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I still remember a couple of times we were hanging out, like I'd look over and I see Chad on his laptop, like messing around with these like, you know, little graphical interfaces on his laptop, trying to hook up like connections. And I had no idea what he was doing. And neither uh, did I. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, Chad and Ricky have been whispering about it. And like, I was like, eh, you know, maybe they're half serious, serious, but um, yeah, I mean, I think what really kind of brought it all together really was this pandemic, unfortunately. And mm. uh, we were just all kind of like bored off our asses. And, uh, you know, Chad and Ricky really just kind of used that to shove this off the ground. And uh, at some point they were like, oh, yeah, we got this friend, Tim, that also happens to like cards here and there. So I will say, and uh, <laughs> we did want to present a united front, but Tim's completely wrong about that. <laughs> The podcast started at the start of uh, 2020 just by happenstance. Thank God it did because it kept yeah. us all sane uh, yeah. as yeah. we went into the shutdown. And it was about that time that we brought Tim on. Um, Tim has made some of the biggest purchases of anyone I know. He's made yeah. some of the biggest hobby mistakes of anyone I know. You have the best stories. And he has the best stories. <laughs> we want some of those. So Go it ahead. was a no-brainer for us uh, to bring Tim on. And, and have him be a, an integral part of the show. Um, and now it's a one third. He got in with the right time. We're going to have to I'm share still the, third. Still the expansion host. We've got a teacher coming for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you started a little over a year ago, what year and a half ago? Yeah. Started yeah, 2020. Yeah. 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 It's been there about now. Incredible timing. I, who, I mean, who knew what the world would be like right now, but like, what was your dream when you started? What was your, Chad, it sounds like you were driving this, like, let's get going. What were you hoping for? And and maybe how has this this last year and a half kind of hijacked that or taken it to a whole different place? I think it kind of started out of, you know, cards are fun, but Ricky and I always had this bit that we'd go to the card shop without each other. And then Tim would do these really cool things out on his own, you know, through um, – different um how do you not say raz um he would do these really fun things like but they were all individual and so it was kind of the thought was a way to bring us together to talk about it so our ultimate goal was to have fun with it and talk about it and i still think that like that's kind of our goal and and what we do and it just so happens that some people for whatever reason enjoy listening to it and we have made a lot of friends that we really enjoy interacting with now on social media because of that and not just social media but meeting up for card events and things like that so now i think the driving point is you know fun for us and fun with our fans too absolutely well and i'd be curious like how did you land on the i'm a kid from the 80s okay so i've got three teenagers now and they have all like Back to the Future was required watching and like like multiple times. They all know like lots of the quotes. And so how did you guys land on it? Because you, you have made it pop. You've made it so much fun with that theme. Not just not just like when it makes sense to predict the future of cards or whatever, but like how did you land there? I think Chad and I were sitting around at his house one night, um, maybe having a few beers. <laughs> and we let we at the point this point we we do a bit where we try to say things back and forth to each other and make the other one laugh. And uh, this is what we were doing with the team with uh, show names. Um, there were some pretty bad ones. I can't even think of what any of the other <laughs> ones were. I'm sure Chad has a memory. Like okay, a, what uh, did you so, leave on the cutting room floor? Yeah. I'm sure he'll be able to remember. You know, uh, um, so one that wasn't funny, but it was card talk. We talked yeah. about card talk forever. And yeah. you know, my wife was like, you guys should really do card talk. And we didn't do it. And of course now card talks out there. We were that very close to doing card talk. Though. Mm -hmm. We, um, I think that the Pack to the Future thing started with <laughs> Wax Pack, Pack Hero because uh, it reminded yeah. us of like Foreigner Jukebox Hero, and that mm -hmm. was like, oh right. man, the eighties, like something that's kind of fun and in that time frame. And then I think, at least as my memory goes, somehow that got us from point A to point Z, which was Pack to the Future. Gotcha. Yeah, um, not like it was your favorite movie, and you still have posters on your bedroom wall. Uh, and it, uh, Mrs. Doc did, was our inspiration. Our wives were there, and she absolutely was the inspiration. She loves that movie. Um, yeah, she awesome. absolutely does. Mm -hmm. So Tim, one time in Vegas, brought home. He knew that my wife is a huge, 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 huge Back to the Future fan. If Michael J. Fox ever came and lived next door in Salt Lake City, I would probably be, be looking for a new wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have, I do have posters in, in my basement signed by Michael J. Fox. 
Um, Tim, you got us a hoverboard signed by the entire cast. What? Yeah, when that was like Vegas the craziest piece of paraphernalia I've seen in a while. Yeah. Um, we hit through, oh gosh, what's the repack product, guys? Through, is it David Adams? Um, yeah. yeah, it was David Adams' uh, comic book repack. I forget yeah. the official name of it, but yeah. But their main hit was a Back to the Future... Um, it was graded 9.5 signed by Michael J. Fox. And my wife and I got a couple like for our anniversary, kind of joking around. And we hit that one too. So hit parade. Wait, hit is it like yeah, a Marty yeah, McFly yeah. rated rookie? What, what's this thing like? It's, uh, <laughs> oh, <man>. it's... <laughs> you, you guys keep talking. I'll, I'll pull this. Yeah. It, okay. <laughs> it's a really cool comic book. You, you can show you this hit parade yeah. is something David Adams does. Um, and I've done it before as well. You can, they'll go out and purchase. I think David Adams has actually bought a few of my cards off eBay um, <laughs> yeah, to put them in their packages as like duds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but they'll, they do repackages with uh, graded cards. Then they'll also do like stuff with autographed jerseys, footballs, helmets, mini helmets. You go on their website, you really can lose yourself in it. And some of the products pretty cheap. Chad's um, got it here. Yeah. Dude. That. Oh, and that's autographed by who? By Did Michael you J. Fox. Autograph that. Who autographed that? Michael J. Fox. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> that <laughs> Isn't that is so cool? cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whoops. That is but sweet. That was kind of fun. And earlier I said fans. I meant friends. You, you guys know what I mean. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was talking about people <laughs> right. to interact with. Well, guys, one of the things I I love about your show, your just hang hanging out as you guys record, is you can tell these guys are having fun, even if you disagree, even if you're like just like slamming each other for the first 10 minutes uh you can tell that you're having a great time and I, and some, i want to check out this week's episode oh yeah two two out of the three of us are usually having fun the third one okay is, uh... that is that's pretty standard actually <laughs> having fun like nailing the other one or something yeah. <laughs> yes well guys we need that obviously in the ups and downs of the hobby we've needed that through pandemic year and all the all the things right and and with all the changes in the hobby like PSA shuts down and can't get cards anywhere, you know, at retail, like there's there, all the, all the things are changing. Uh-huh. Um, but one of the things that you, we talked about a little bit, even before this was, Hey, this is a hobby. This, there, there's, there's something that we, we love or we're enjoying here. I'd love to hear like, what's been the most fun thing for you about cards in the last few weeks, something that you're just like this, yeah. this fired me up or this was a blast. If it, what, Chad, you want to go first or I have one that comes right to mind. Yeah, I can go first. Then we can just kind of go around our little Zoom screen cool. here. So, yeah. It changes. And Gary, your question of the last couple of weeks, I think is perfect because I bet my goals and the fun that I have in cards changes from month to month. And currently it's going yeah, to <laughs> card shows. I've yeah. loved them. You know, we've had yeah. some card shows open up here in Utah and it has been a blast. We sold at one and we didn't have a lot of people come by, but it was so much fun meeting people and talking with them. Is this right. the recording from the mall you guys did? Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah, love yeah, it. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. Um, that was a ton of fun, you know, talking with people and figuring out what they're collecting and what they're trying to do. I went to a card show just on my own a couple of weeks ago and had a blast looking through, you know, people's singles, whether it's lower end stuff or really highly sought after things that I haven't seen or I can't find on eBay. That for me has been a blast. And then of course, with the national coming up um, at the end of July, I'm going to go to that. And I'm, I'm really excited to go to that. That's something I enjoyed going to as a kid. And so going to shows, walking around and looking at all aspects of cards for me has been my jam in the last couple of weeks. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm so glad you found that. Cause like, it's just a totally different energy at shows. It's just, you know, it's like you're window shopping, but then you're geeking out as a kid and then you're just super excited and you're meeting other people. It's a social thing. Yeah, you can still be introverted and just kind of browse and shut the world out. I mean, there's just so many cool aspects of it. And so, um, yeah, um, kind of like Chad said, I mean, there's just so many different ways to have fun in this hobby. And all three of us have gone through phases, you know, month to month, week to week, um, year to year. I mean, it's just we're all at very different places from when we started and even just from you know, a month ago. So, right. Um, and, yeah. and I can't, I can't, uh, press enough that if you want to find new and exciting ways to enjoy the hobby, start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling right? you, it has pushed us to in- find new ways to enjoy the hobby. And as Chad was yes. pointing out yeah. at the start of his answer is, um, when we first started, it was going to, uh, our local card shop, buying a hundred dollar boxes of cards, saving yeah. them up for our opening <laughs> events. Um, and then as the market turned, it was 
buying really expensive target product and working to get it graded and listed and having fun watching your cards go out the window, your old uh, cards that maybe you didn't care as much about. As uh, cards became too difficult to find anywhere, it became, uh, what can I find on eBay um, of my old, the cards I always meant to collect and never did, you know, that special insert set from whatever hoops uh, in whatever year. Um, it, I've really enjoyed that. I was a big, as we've joked about on the show, Jeff Malone fan. No one, I think I'm the only. <laughs> the other Malone. I what? a true one of one. <laughs> Uh, as a Jeff Malone fan. And so I've been buying up his stuff left and right. It's like $2. It's fantastic. Panini has a boardroom every year when they talk about what players should be in what sets. And every year, Jeff Malone's up there. And you're like, no, that guy, Ricky, he's going to buy him. Like, you just know he's going to buy him. Might as well put yeah. him in there. <laughs> right. There are so many veterans. They don't cross off, but yeah, right. somehow. Yeah, no. But, you know, in, in, in trying to come up with new uh, aspects for the show, uh, we've had to kind yeah. of redevelop that and start thinking about it. And so all joking aside, you don't have to really do a podcast, but I would challenge you to find two or three new things per week to enjoy about the hobby. Go exploring, go to your local card shop, check out maybe a counter you haven't checked out before. Go on eBay, check out, run a search for like some old sets that you have maybe and see what, you know, kind of what rabbit holes you go down. <laughs> tell tell them your latest rabbit hole that you told me over the weekend. This is so ridiculous. Uh, uh, I, can't, I can't remember what <laughs> rhymes with Ranta Clause. Oh yeah, so I've been, <laughs> Pro set Santa Claus. Yes. Yeah, I've been going online. Uh, Pro set football <laughs> and hockey uh, did a Santa Claus release, uh, and there's PSA tens, and like they're all listed for like a thousand dollars. So yeah. I get uh, I I go late at night after I've had a beer or two, and I start texting <laughs> all those sellers, and I say, I know Santa Claus PSA tens not selling for a grand, and you know it's not selling for a grand. You ready to talk business yet? And I just email them every week. The same thing. <laughs> you are, you're part of the eBay problem, Ricky. <laughs> well, what do they say? What do you get back? Anything? No, no. They, 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 I'm lucky I don't get like. Ricky uh, learned how to be a dick to towards other people on eBay by me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you can go down some pretty dark rabbit holes. I, I was looking at potentially a complete Santa collection to see if there were enough cards for that. There probably are not yet. But yeah, no, I'm no. keeping be, my eyes open. <laughs> be honest, how many have you purchased? Yeah. None yet. A guy sold like five of them for 15 bucks. I could tell you that was going to get sucked up immediately because all these yeah. groups think they're going to sell theirs and graded right away or exactly. a year from now, whenever. Yeah. Well, I love what you said about hey, uh, this is an adventure. See what portal you can go down. And it's, you're absolutely right. Starting a podcast, like. At at some point for you guys, this was something that, you know, you had talked about, uh, put put together the three of you, you know, launched, what, January of 2020 or so. At what point did you realize, wow, we've this is hitting, this is connecting with people, you know, that, that part of the adventure. Now we're like, we got to keep doing it. I'm, yeah, I'm now sure you're committed. We, we, we still <laughs> haven't reached that point. Okay. We still ask ourselves why we're doing this. And it's usually two to one. The two carry the one. And uh, yeah. we are still, if you heard our text thread after our episode just last week, you would think we were shutting down the, the podcast. Is it, are you going to make an announcement right here, Ricky? No. What's, what's, okay. I know we're close. Are you breaking up with us? What's... We're way too happy when we're miserable. So. Okay. <laughs> so we're Makes for the best content. It's true. <laughs> no, hey, you know, it, it goes week to week, right? So yeah. we kind of spread it out and we all have like kind of stressful work lives. Like we all have stressful lives, but each week we're kind of all going through something else. Um, but the time that I don't think there was one specific instance, but I know that we're having a good time on the show when I'm on my run. So I usually I go out and run Saturday morning. That's when our podcast drops. Right, on Saturday yeah. mornings. Uh-huh. And if I just stop myself in a dead laugh, like listening to something that Tim did and like forgot about, like he wins a box of national treasure and forgets about it. Cause he falls asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Or I'll Ricky, like, bust out some, like, <clears throat> ripping me for something. When I start laughing hysterically to myself, I'm like, okay, this is, at least for me, it's entertaining for me, and that's, like, <laughs> it's good enough. Yeah. yeah. All, that's serious, the, all, oh, all joking aside, I completely agree with Chad, is that when we are finding ourselves listening to our own show, and we always, we tend, we have a soft agreement to meet up at the card shop every Saturday. Uh -huh. Very soft, I'd say. Yeah, it's loose. Um, but, like, 
<laughs> when we I'll listen to our show like on the way there and back. And if I'm like really jiving it, then it's uh that's when you know like okay, we've got something special. And it really is that has been our mentality is kind of doing it for us because there's no quantifiable number that we're hoping to reach or anything. We're simply well, we don't give good, good advice. Like no one likes Donovan Mitchell and Drew Locke except for me. Or like, Luis no one Robert. Likes, right. No one knows. Yeah, no one is a Luis Robert super fan. It doesn't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> we're we're not the sharpest tools in the shed when it comes to cards, but but yeah. the fun part of it is, is what keeps it fun. Yeah, if you can if you can laugh at each other, guys, that goes so far. And um, you have I, to. Yeah, I, yeah. And I was I was curious too when Ricky, you were just joking about, hey, we might wrap it up here soon. Um, uh, I wonder as the season wraps up, like I'm number one, Chad, I told you, I hope the Utah pulls this out. I hope Donovan, I hope Bogdanovich, I hope Conley like gets back and, you know, I want Utah, I want Utah to win, but I, I, I'm also like, how, how are we going to find fun in the off season? Like what's (laughs) your, if you had to jump in your DeLorean and take us to August, like I, I'm, I guess I'm asking you as a basketball card guy, basketball card podcaster. You guys, I think you you can cover everything. But what do you know? What I'm saying like what? Yeah. What's fun about August? Summer league. Summer league. Yeah. Well, first of all, you got summer league. league. I guess that's July, right? And yeah, maybe- early August, probably this year. Well, Tim, why don't you start this one? Ricky and I started the last couple. Tim, why don't you yeah. lead us off? So you're meaning like. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's always something in the off season, right? Like that's why everybody looks forward to the draft. That's why they're already starting like mock mock trades. You know, like oh my goodness, we're going to trade Zion for like I saw one that said Jordan Poole, you know, for Zion and two first rounders, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like yeah, that's not going to happen, but okay, you know. I mean, you just yeah, something to keep the brain occupied, and whether that's uh, you know, if it's not about active basketball, you know, like um, find a fun little project on the side collecting wise and absolutely I mean, there's, it, right like yeah there's definitely nba news rumors draft like as a collector slash investor though like you've seen a lot of people sell in may and go away like the nba value is going down i i just don't mm. i'm just curious how you guys you because you've done this for a little a lot longer than me go ahead rick yeah and, and chad will be the best one to answer this but in a perfect world the off seasons when you're sending all your cards away to get graded right so that mm. they're back in time for the next yeah. season. That was the cycle in the past. <laughs> in theory. You drop back in time just because that's a Back to the Future song. Do you say that pretty frequently? <laughs> that's like the last one on the album. I would know that. <laughs> I could tell my kids I saw the movie four times in the theater when it was actually out. So <laughs> confession and, uh, time. And, and I think that if I'm focusing in on basketball, I really am focusing on the Summer League. I think that they have done an amazing job with Summer League. And maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe it was the pandemic, but I'll tell you, football was always first for me. And it's one and one A right now. Uh, the, basketball has really sucked me in during the offseason as well as football has. And so I think they've done a good job to you between the draft and the um, summer league games to really, there's a lot of things to talk about as far as who to chase. Um when you're as far as uh, the selling and buying perspective, though, I think that this is the time you want to start submitting. Hopefully you have stuff submitted and it's all close to coming back. Yeah. I'm waiting on three more uh, group subs. So we'll oh, see. Yeah. Chad look like you're ready to talk though. I think so. Well, okay. just kind of blacked out trying to think about what to say here, but Tim and I, so I think I have a good answer for you in the past couple of off seasons, both in the NBA and the NFL, Tim and I have had text message threads where we both look at players going into their second, third, and even fourth year of who we think will be a breakout, whether the team had a good draft or they picked up a key free agent and we think that the team's going to lift off or if we just think that the player's going to explode. And then we start buying, from an investment standpoint, we will start buying cards to potentially grade of that player. Now, of course, right now that's that's a little funky with grading services shut down for the big ones. But um, Tim, you and I made for football at least we made a big one last year with quarterbacks and running backs, and we did the same thing with basketball. And so it's really been a fun time to sit back and reflect. So this upcoming off season, what I would do is sit back and reflect and say, okay, who are the players that I really think are going to take a big leap? You really got to wonder what's going to happen with Zion. I mean, just right. announcing with coaching change. Jaw looked great. And I tell you what, if Jaw ever figures out his three-point shot, 
Oh my gosh. He, he's just yeah. going to be deadly. That thing still looks super funky, but if he can figure it out consistently, he he's going to be deadly. So going back and looking at those things is what I tend to do in the off season to make things fun, um, to get hyped up for the season ahead. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than, Hey, well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. But I need a nuclear reaction to, to generate the 1.21 gigawatts of electricity. 1.21 gigawatts! 1.21 gigawatts! Well, one of you guys mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, like one of the adventures for you at a show or at a card shop is what's in the dollar to $5 box or who's still in the guy's under $10 box that he doesn't realize that guy's starting to take off. Um, I'm curious. I'm like, who are the guys that you, if if you would dare to tell me or I'd share, share a couple of mine, like who are the guys maybe already that you're like, you know, it's not a big name like Zion or Job, but. Man, Kenyon Martin Jr. got a ton of playing time the last two months. Showed <laughs> yeah, up. Tim, I'd like to hear that too. Well, here, so let's walk us back to last summer, like Chad was saying. Um, for example, these are the four picks that I kind of put some some effort into, and uh, you tell me how successful I was. So Dennis Schroeder, it was like he's going to the Lakers, right? He's He's got a pop, right? His card values are just garbage coming off the Hawks, and uh, – uh, jury's still out on that one, I think, but he, he doesn't quite seem to be a Laker per Shaq. So um, I'm not sure how he did on that one. Lonnie Walker, uh, I thought he was going to have a, a, a pretty good season, and he sat on the bench for the Spurs for a large part of it. <laughs> you have Larry uh, Jared, in on Jared, that? Yeah, no, no. Okay. Markin is dead. Uh, Jared Culver on the T-Wolves. Um, I thought he was going to have a kind of breakout season, and um, that, that didn't go well either. I was right on Rui, I think, but his card values have not reflected that yet. Uh, he's, I have a card. He's going to be a star. I have yeah. a card listed yeah. on eBay that would disagree with you, Tim. Yeah, what <laughs> what card's that, Mister eBay? <laughs> oh, just a PSA ten rookie card that hasn't sold for six months. Of uh, Rui? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the, I probably there's... have it listed like ten times over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm kind of disappointed on Rui, but I think next year he finally pops because uh, he's got to. He's been. He's a net he's, marvel. He has got. Yeah. He's got to bring yeah. it. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure on a kid. <laughs> I mean, Jared Culver too. Net Marvel. How, yeah. how do you live up to that? Yeah, no, I don't know. But um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know who the targets are this coming season. But a couple names I've heard uh, thrown around would be like you know Obi Toppin. Um, uh, yeah, and just uh, people are really high on <laughs> no uh, Emmanuel quickly, right? Because you know right. focusing on big market teams that have a chance to um, really draw attention to some of these rookies who might otherwise get buried. So you know, like Halliburton um, really needs another year to shine before people realize he's on the Kings and doesn't suck. Right. So, um, and yeah, maybe players like they'll that, be, right? they'll get promoted and play in the NBA, which would be nice too. Yeah. I was going to say, if your listeners <laughs> don't know our show, well, Gary, uh, take everything Tim just said and stay away from <laughs> in reverse. <laughs> But Gary, a good point to this is last year I did a lot of what you just said. I looked for yeah. cards in the 5 to $10 range, and I would buy a lot of them with the entire intention of submitting them to PSA. And I did that a lot. I mean, I did yeah. so many Revolution 2017 LeBron. Uh, it was 2017 or 2018, whatever LeBron's yeah. first year in a Laker uniform was. And I bought so many of them, submitted them, and made a profit off them. But that's when you could submit a card for 9 bucks. And now that that service is gone, I don't think I have a good answer for you because my mindset hasn't switched enough to learn, okay, how am I taking a card that may be five or $10 if I'm looking to invest in it? And how do I get that card to become $50 um, through submission? And I don't know how to do that. And in which case you're almost kind of prospecting and hoping that the player is going to explode to the point where you don't need his card to be graded, but him to just be a good enough player to where people want it. And that that's tricky. And to be honest with you, this past year of basketball cards, Ricky and I were in the same boat. I think all of us were that prices of boxes were so high. And that oh, was man. so much of what we loved that we did not buy basketball boxes this year. And so it yeah. naturally 
really curb my enthusiasm for this year's rookie class. And maybe not because it's yeah. not a good class, but because I didn't enjoy collecting it. And maybe in years to come when prices go down, I'll look back at this rookie class and do something different. But um, I think that makes that question, your question's a good one. I just think it's challenging for us because of that reason. I almost wonder if we're reaching a point where the new system will be collect out of the five and dollar five to ten dollar bin put it in very good protection the ones that you think might grade well and then sit on them for a really long time because you're not going to know who's going to pan out yeah you're right and buy the stuff that's rare and numbered and if you want to potentially make those cards go up in value without doing the grading bit of it hope that one of those players who you've got a card out of 10 or out of 49 or 99 and let it sit there. Uh, Ricky did that a couple of years ago. You know, one of the most fun times we had on our show is when Ricky sent Tim and I a picture of, of a Luca prism. Uh, Was it pink or was it cracked ice? What was it? You know, it was pink, uh, fast break, um, disco pink, fast break at a 50. And you know, Ricky's always been a a football and a baseball guy. And this was at the start of last year. And Ricky kind of sends this to him. He's like, Hey, this is a good card. Right. And we're like, Oh dude, did you rip that? Or was that in somebody's $5 box early? It was in my junk box. He ripped it. Yeah. It was just in his own junk box, just sitting Uh, around. I think you can find, I think there was a, I think our episode was named after it. You can find it. Um, Junk box, Luca, junk box, Luca. And, And I knew, to pull the curtain back a tiny bit, I knew how, how big of a deal Luca was. I just <laughs> didn't know how much of a big deal Prism and offshoot, you know, yeah. inserts were. Uh, and within the world yeah. of Prism, I did not have an appreciation of that. Um, but I knew, I knew it was a decent card. I had no idea how good of a card it would turn out to be. Yeah. But yeah, but maybe that you just got to take a gamble. You buy the product that you like, and you find low numbered or rare parallels of the card. And you can get them for cheap and you have to sit on them. And if that's how you want them to go up, that's kind of a long-term way to do it. And I almost, and, and, and when our, the, the company that we do our group submissions through had made some comment that, yeah, for some of these older cards, it's been really hard to score a 10. And so I almost think yeah. that that might be where the money's at, right? But like, it's almost a multi-generational uh, money-making scheme. Like you could set up your kids <laughs> if you protected your cards really well, and then they could right. see in the... <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think, I think you guys are helped. I like, I learn with every podcast I do, every conversation I have like this, but I'm getting like a triple dose with you, all three of you here. I'm learning so much. The three of us add up to one piece of it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's true. True. I wasn't going to say it, but you guys can. Tim's not good at math, but he's he's right on this. No, just subtract out everything I said. So that already like, you know, leaves in the holes. Well, the thing a couple of you guys kind of referred to, like we're playing long ball here. Like you you may be buying cards for a dollar or $5 now and sitting on them for a while. And like, not only is that okay, that, that, that strategic, it might be the best buy rather than feeling like, I'll just be honest in the last year and a half, I've felt like when stuff seems to, everything seems to be going up when every, every guy, you know, who has a 30 point night, everybody's talking about him. You got to buy him before he, you know, two or three X's like it, it seemed like more, what's that? Everyone maxed out their cards, grading their cards to make a huge profit. And now now they're in the hole. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It seems like, like too often it can be about the chase or the moment. Rather, rather than like a, a rational strategy or like a oh, awareness like, of uh, ups and downs here. Like I, I'd yeah. be curious, what would you say guys to, there's a lot of us uh, that they came back to the hobby a year ago or a year and a half ago. And maybe they came because they listened to Gary V. Maybe they came <laughs> because, you know, somebody dragged them and said, you got to do this. It'll make money, you know, buy, just buy base rookies of jaw and your gold you know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of people that are brand new to this. What would you say to them as we head, head to this off season about, cause some people are telling them, good, get out of here. Like you're, you're not real. You're not real collectors. <laughs> no. Like that, I think that's here. ridiculous. Yeah. Right. But you're, yeah. you're hearing that. Like there's still that weird edge of like, well, they don't really know the hobby. Well, let, let, let's talk about it. Yeah. My, my advice is to get out because you don't know the hobby. And I, I mean that. No, <laughs> so I can buy wax. <laughs> don't stay out. Don't stay out, but get out at, get out at at least a, 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 a minimum profit or, or something that resembles mm. it. Get out before it's too late. I think this is only going to get worse as really? <laughs> I, I, I do. I think that every, 
I believe that well, everyone has spent all their money, regardless of where the source came from, on cards and then getting them graded. And now we have all these collectors holding all these graded cards and no one to buy them. That's because yeah. all our money's tied up in mm. grading fees. <laughs> Facts. Well, well, so the the counter to that then is you know we do need these people back in the market at some point because otherwise who are we going to move these cards to? Like who's going to be the next generation of collectors? We've talked yeah. about that as far as kids. And I do uh, want I, them in here and to learn the hobby. I, I don't. Okay, so when you said get out, you were you were sort of kidding, get but out also of your positions. Well, I was right? simply yeah. saying you might have made a bad investment, um, and to be very think you got to think through your investments in the hobby. Like if you're really making yeah. serious investments, I think you have to think through it three, four, five times. I mean, you've got to treat it like a car or a or a house, depending on how big you're going. In that, it is not that easy. It is not just as easy it as isn't. buy, submit, you know, send into grade, and then you're yeah. magically going to be a thousand dollars richer. Well, like, where uh, did that expectation come from, right? Like, so I don't think this is like a doom and gloom scenario. It's like a very much needed, like, uh, take a step back, reset, regroup. Like, the hobby is still very healthy. We're in a better spot than it was a year ago, value wise, but let's get back to what the hobby originally was as far as, you know, like take, for example, I know Chad hates baseball, but the, it's the prospecting thing. Like you do have to leave some of these players in a box and marinate and wait on them for about three to five years. I don't know where this expectation came from. Oh, they got drafted in the first round. They are automatically going to produce like a Zion. And if they don't, they're a failure. No, like these players need two, three years. They're coming out of their freshman year in college, right. For basketball specifically, like, where did this pressure come from? Why, you know, in Ricky's case for football, like, why are these first round QBs all of a sudden going from, mm. you know, like college to starter instead of holding a clipboard for four or five years behind an Aaron Rodgers and learning how to play the game? Like, the, the expectations are so out of whack. So, I mean, I think there is plenty of room to be able to just, like, calm down, slow your roll, find those $1 to $5 cards again, tuck them away because you actually want to, like, follow this player, enjoy the player, like, root for the player. And then in yeah. three, five years, like, you'll be completely, like, caught off guard by, oh, my goodness, you know, like, this guy doesn't suck, you know? Two of my hobby yeah. idols, Kyle from Wax Museum, says that there is an ecosystem. And at first I laughed. And I was like, how teacher of you? But he's exactly <laughs> right. You, you have to have all these yeah. levels yeah. to do what you want to do. Number two, my second idol with Adam, the real 27 guy, he always says, collect what you like. You have to, because mm -hmm. you go spend a lot of money on a card you don't like, and that card goes down. You're going to be out of this hobby pretty darn quick. True. But you yeah. collect something you enjoy and you don't necessarily care so much about the value. You go and put it in a binder that you pull out once a month. And every time you open it, you smile and have a great time looking through it. Yeah. Well, there's some value like in that. that right there. So and then yeah. if those cards go up, oh boy, then then you're really having fun with it. That's why Chad's smiling right now, because uh, he kind of hit best of both worlds there. So. Are you talking about Donovan Mitchell? <laughs> yeah, well, here's the thing. Yeah, so yes, he is talking about Donovan Mitchell. I had a great yeah. sub come back a couple weeks ago, but then I get stuck in a position yeah. where I don't ever want to sell those cards, those right, Donovan right. Mitchell cards. Like he he's a fan, so he kind of gets stuck. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah. Well, Ricky. but why is that a problem? Why is that the problem that I I have cards that I like and can't sell? That isn't that a problem. Be the point of the hobby. No, okay. So let me <laughs> right. no, let me elaborate because your question's a great one. I yeah. and you guys know this, but people listening don't. I have told you guys that one of my goals in the hobby was to consolidate cards and get a nicer card out of the cards that I have. Yeah, quality, not quantity. Yep. Okay. But it's really hard when a lot of the money and the value that I have in my cards are cards that are of Donovan Mitchell, the same player I'm trying to acquire, because now I don't want to get rid of those. I want to hang on to those, but still get better Donovan Mitchell cards. So that that's where the problem is. So I that's should, a good, that's should a good clarification. Clear. Yeah. That's a first world problem though. <laughs> very I'm much, like, who is going to rip him? We're jealous of your Donovan's. <laughs> well, Ricky, oh, I'm, I'm so jealous. I'm not even, it's still too, it's too raw. Okay, yeah. listening, yeah. listening <laughs> to you, but listening to you guys go through each Donovan that you got back was absolutely like priceless and hilarious. So it's, I, it's and it, yeah, I and I, that was not that was a shoot that was not uh, faked. I was you did not want to talk about this, Ricky. You, I, I, I was worried you the show still was you end. still won't talk to me the same way you did before. <laughs> 
So I'll text you. You won't even respond and to me. Gary, you want me you... to mute him right now, Chad? Yes. Yeah. If, if you true. could have seen and... the video on that episode, Gary, it would have just been priceless. Well, like and, and the, thing, to, the body language and... for Ricky was just. Oh my and I had to go back and edit it. I was on edit duty. <laughs> I had to hear it twice. Uh, but oh, wait, I'll tell you times, what. Yeah. Listening to it, it's a good example of to go back full circle to what we started the conversation with, and that's again a reminder of we're on to something here. This is, oh, yeah. this is, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, even yeah. though I'm furious, um, <laughs> I can see this is, this turned out pretty good. So that is the reward. Uh, yeah. One thing I loved about that too, is it reminded me or, or highlighted like behind every card is a story. Yeah. Like, like how you got it, what you did with it. Sometimes it's a hilarious deal that you made or a stupid deal, right? <laughs> There's a story yeah. of that. In fact, like um, you guys were talking about how sometimes the, the, the best cards that you you have are the ones that you discover in a box that's been sitting there for five years, a box of commons or cards you forgot you had. And like one of one of my cards I got back last week after 10 months at PSA was an Anthony Davis uh, 2012, just the regular Panini card. You know, it was the cheapest box to open that year, but it was his it was his rookie card. And it, and they gave it a ten, and I'm like, this oh, is yeah. incredible. Nice, nice. <laughs> like my, yeah. my first submission, it's sitting over there, and I'm like, I, I don't know what to do with it now. I'm just, you know, what I'm saying, I'm just excited right. that that was just sitting yeah. there, and I'm like, okay, we'll see what PSA says. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I had it for eight years, didn't even know it was Davis's rookie because 2012, <laughs> right? Right, 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 right. So every card's a story. It's a blast. Yeah. yeah. It absolutely. No, you you is. can't sell that now because that's a story, like you said, right? Like, right. So, and that was first a, world that was problem. A box find. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so here's a question, guys. What what card story will we be? Uh, and I, I I know this is impossible to be like accurate or scientific about. I loved what what Tim you you said a few minutes ago about your four picks from last summer and and Lonnie Walker. Those guys still may pan out. Like the the yeah. talents there and. I had I had Dennis Schroeder. Like, who would be the guys that you might say, "Hey, I hop in the DeLorean, go go ahead to 2026." Who's the guy that we're saying, "Oh man, you know that's the that's the future Julius Randall that was kind of fell off the map." Mm. You know, he came out. You're like, he's like 18, 19, doesn't know what he's doing, and it could be any sport, but it could be like, "Hey, in a few years." Th- this guy, like when I talk to the basketball card guy, he's like all over Thomas Bryant. You know, if that guy can stay healthy for the for the Wizards. But I don't know if you have a – it could just be any thought about the future. But what what are you thinking, man, this is possible? Yeah. Hmm. Ricky, you've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. You go ahead and lead us off. <laughs> <laughs> this is the hardest question, right? Like, be honest. This, this, is, yeah. the, this yeah. is the toughest question. Yeah. I mean, if any of us could answer that, right, we'd I, be you know, we'd be and, rich the answer that comes to mind for me is already a pretty obvious one. And that is Mike Trout. I, Hmm. and I know it's baseball. I really think that he is our modern day Babe Ruth. Hmm. He may not be, if he can't figure out a way to win, but um, stay healthy now or stay healthy. Um, But that's kind of an obvious one where the price is already so high. So I don't know that I want to go there. Um, does Prince Fielder and Cecil Fielder have a grandson coming out soon? I think he does. <laughs> Needs to be more Fielders, Guerreros. <laughs> Nico oh, Mannion. Yeah. That that is, yeah. Uh, in your and Luca? Yeah. No. 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 Hey, let me ask you, Gary. Do you, yeah. do you buy into Luca? Are you going to collect Luca? Do you think he'll hold his value? I do. Do you? I do. I, I do think there was a bubble for him that everybody ran into his base and everybody ran into grading him. But to see a kid that's like, what, 21, 22, triple doubles and dropping 40 plus in second round of the playoffs like he did last year and like he did again this year. I'm just curious to see what they can surround him with, because I don't think Chris Tapps is anything. Yeah. And I don't think Tim Hardaway is, you know, a, a decent Robin to Batman. So he's got to get in the right position. Team wise, don't you think? Agreed, agreed. I, I, it still is amazing to me how high his price, uh, his, his, the price of his cards are compared to other. Um, Trey Young. Yeah, like, I mean, I could you could name just about anyone else in the league, and I would tell <laughs> right. you, it should be should yeah. be higher just because of 
you know, uh, what tends to sell well in that league. I, and, I, and I'm not talking specifically race or anything simply just, he just doesn't stand out to me as a real flashy. He's very talented. I, I give you that, but yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just amazed that he, he really does seem to be the number one loved active player. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it's the potential for a triple double any night at, you know, coming into the league that way. And maybe it was that his name was more globally out there before he even came to, to the States. That could be, I don't know. I mean, that, that floors me too, guys, about doing a podcast. You start to realize how this is a global thing, not just a U.S. Yeah. or not just uh, guys I know at the show. Like I'm getting DMS from Australia, you know, yeah. I've only been doing this for yeah. a couple of months and, and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Guys have down there. Makes yeah. it a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You guys have had that. I mean, anyway, Chad. Well, the investor boy in me wants to tell you Donovan Mitchell, but wait about a month for when I sell my cards, you're going to go buy him. But if I said that people <laughs> would not be happy. So here's one that I think could, could pan out. This isn't traditionally my thing is to project players going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamal Murray. He was having a great year this year he's got the joker to be his his batman um the nuggets were looking really really good until he got injured yeah there aren't a lot of people buying him right now i mean he could be out for the next half of next season with his injury um but he was looking really impressive and the nuggets they they were looking good i mean last year they they made a great run. I could see Jamal Murray turning into a stud, carrying the Nuggets as well, maybe winning a title as much as I don't want to see it, being a Jazz fan. But he's a name I'm a little bit older, you know, a few years under his belt, but a name that you could get for potentially cheap. Um, Ricky happens to have one of his cards, so you're welcome. That's Ricky. why I like that answer. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And I don't own high. any of him, so he's going to go up. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there, there you go. There's, there's at least a, a nod in his favor. <laughs> Tim, who you got? Or do you have a... I mean, I, I've just been thinking about, you know, the circumstances, right? So you referenced Julius Randle, like a guy who, you know, has talent, but needed a new team or a new environment, a new coach, right? So um, I think out of, like, say, last year's class, just thinking outside of the usual names, I'm going to say somebody like a Cole Anthony. You know, he's buried on the magic right now. He got a little bit of playing time at a profitable position like point guard right he's got a good mm-hmm. college following um yeah i mean you give him like a two three year running start to get to a point where like you know he's uh confident in himself like a dennis Ruder, and you know he could very easily um you know be that like hidden gem right like so you have to reach for players like that i think um if you're looking at it from a collecting standpoint and you want to like take advantage of that three to five year marination period yeah, you got to look for, you know, the smaller market team who has a, a star player who isn't getting the recognition, um, but isn't that like high stats um, on a crappy team player at the same time, too. And Zach yeah. Levine, perfect example. I say this in all, yeah. like, I, I yeah, do yeah, not like yeah. the Bulls, but that team didn't really take <laughs> off like we thought that they were going to at the end of this year. But yeah. that dude's a stud. When they yeah, played against he Utah, he came in and he owned the court. He was the best player on the court. He's got um, a ton of talent. Yeah. How is he, he not he on one of the all NBA teams? Like, no, look at his. Yeah. Not even mentioned. Like, I didn't even hear yeah. his name mentioned. Of course, around here, everyone was raving that Donovan Mitchell wasn't on there. But yeah, yeah his name was wasn't mentioned team, at all. Yeah. He is a stud. Yeah. yeah. He, he really is. I'll, I'll say this, guys. One of the things, one of the things this last year has, has I hope it's taught me is to. Uh, watch a guy learn about the player a little bit over time and also what the team's plans for him might be. Like, just mm. because Bull Bull had a two good scrimmages oh, gosh. Whole, and Taylor Horton Tucker, just because yeah. one guy goes off in a game right. or two, like, on one hand, that shows his potential, right? But that doesn't yeah. let you know anything about how the team views him, what, right. he, what he projects out as, you know, what his even what his skill set is. He might have just got hot one night like Jeff Green which which sucked, yeah. but like, you know what I'm saying? No, and, well, no, exactly to that point. I was just going to say, as Tim was talking of, what about this idea that I don't think any of us listen to this advice, myself included. <laughs> you go out and you buy all these Zions to have him graded because he's going to be the next big thing. What about holding on to one or two of those and letting them mature with you? Yeah. Uh, you oh, know what I mean? Yeah. So that might be an option as well. So <laughs> you can still go out and prospect these big names 
and maybe a lo- little bit of a lower end card, but um, sit on it. Even logic and crazy, patience but... aren't our jam, Ricky. We're, no, we're no, all here because we have the yeah, loose, all of us. So. <laughs> all too impulsive, yeah. Giannis, Middleton, all the way with 41, finished, and Middleton cashes another one. Guys, I had such a blast just now with Chad, Tim, and Ricky from Pack to the Future. I almost said Back to the Future. I got I got Marty McFly on the brain. I ain't gonna lie, but uh, that was that was a lot of fun. Great advice, feedback, input. I learned a lot, and uh, these guys are making uh, every, every moment fun. So, uh, encourage you to listen to them, their podcast, and uh, hoops and cards, guys. I'm enjoying the journey with you and the interaction. Don't forget to like us. Give us a follow. Give us a subscribe there on your podcast platforms. But refer us to friends. Uh, that's the that's the thing I love about the hobby right now is I, I just got to sit down with three guys. I think they were all in Utah. So good luck to the Jazz. I'm still I'm still praying for a miracle tonight. That would be great to see another game seven. Uh, but we'll see. You know. In the meantime, I hope you have an awesome weekend and, and be ready for another episode coming later today. I'm I'm bringing you part two of the basketballcardguy.com conversation with John. So, So don't miss that. Have an awesome weekend. Catch you guys later. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 